Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you that it is powerful. I thank you, Lord, that no matter who delivers it, that your word will not return void. And so, Lord, all I ask for this morning is that you would give me the words to say that I would only say your words. Give me the grace to do that. And if I say anything outside of your will, I pray that it would fall on deaf ears. But I also pray for all of us as we're listening to your word this morning that we would have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand. Father, so we just ask for your grace this morning. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are the good shepherd. That you are our model. You are our example. And you are trustworthy. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I want to point to one scripture real quick. It's Matthew eleven twenty seven. You don't have to turn there. I'll just, it's on the screen. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal Him. So as I was reading that scripture and as we're getting into knowing God through the Son, I began to kind of cry out to God and I pray it would be your same prayer is that, Father, I want to know you and Jesus, I can only know the Father through you. So would you reveal the Father to me? And when I look at this scripture, is it a passive scripture that would say, well, you know, I, it's just going to happen because I know Jesus desires to reveal the Father to all, but it, should it be a matter of prayer? Should it be a matter of asking and almost begging God as if we would to say, Jesus, reveal the Father to us? So that we can know who He is because all this life and all that matters is to be in relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of other good things to do and I'm not saying everything else is bad, but I can't really find my most joy, I can't find fulfillment in other things outside of my relationship with Jesus. He is my all in all. He makes the other things I do a lot more enjoyable. And last night as we were eating, we had spicy food night. And this is a plug for our Facebook page. Go there and you'll see Randy Washington's head just dribbling with sweat. And you're like, why do we do this to ourselves? And I had to walk around the sanctuary for a few minutes and get composure. But we had fun and we had fun because it was in Jesus' name. And we discover who God is also in community and fellowship with one another. So let's read through John 10. And I'll read the first six, and then we'll go into the other verses. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. 
Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. And as we look at these scripture, it always doesn't come clear when we look at parables and what Jesus is teaching. And we'll get into this later on in the series is what is a parable and why did he speak in parables? And so it oftentimes leaves us in confusion. And what are you trying to say, Jesus? It's kind of like, just spit it out, Lord. And then he says later on, he says, these mysteries are given to you. But to others, they're going to keep on seeing, they're going to keep on hearing, but they'll never understand. But for you, the kingdom secrets are revealed. And so this is a parable. But then Jesus goes on to explain it. And so this morning, I've got three points for you. The first is the thief, the robber, and the hired hand. The second is going to be the good shepherd, our example. And the third is he has the right. And so the fun part this morning is going to be talking about all the bad people. All the bad ministers and all of those guys, because I'm not that guy. I want to declare that to you this morning. I'm not that guy. (laughs) So let's look at a few scriptures in John as he begins to open up. So we'll go to verse 1, 8, 10a, and then 12. So as it opens up, it says, Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. Verse 8 says this, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. And then 10a says, A thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And then verse 12 says, The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming and the wolf then snatches and scatters them. And as Jesus begins to unfold the Scriptures for us here and He's talking about what a bad shepherd is and a good shepherd is, He's kind of bringing in a new norm. Is he's coming to a point where he said, before me there were many bad people. Those were thieves, robbers, and hired hands. You see, when Jesus showed up, there was, and we still have it today, is those that were wanting others to follow them for different reasons. But not to introduce God but instead to show up on the scene and introduce themselves. Some that are looking for fame, fortune, and power. And this Scripture comes right on the heel of a blind man being healed, and then the Sadducees and Pharisees are questioning Jesus of why He did it. And so Jesus is making a declaration, is look, those who came before Me, Those who came some other way, not by the gate, but by some other way, these are the thieves and robbers. And you see in Jeremiah 23, verse 1 and 2, we'll look at the state of where Israel was at. So we'll look here and then we'll come back in a moment. It says this, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. This is the Lord's declaration. 
Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the shepherds who tend my people. You have scattered my flock, banished them, and you have not attended to them. I am about to attend to you because of your evil acts. This is the Lord's declaration. And so what Jesus is saying is saying, these guys that came before me, and here's the deal, is when we look at the Scripture at face value, you wonder, well, what about all the prophets that came before Christ? Were they thieves and robbers? No, they weren't. They were sent by God. They were called by God to lead Israel into a place of worship and a place of being. And if you want to look at the Scripture further on your own time, you can go to Ezekiel 34, and I think it really explains what happens and what is happening and why Christ had to come and He was to be the Good Shepherd. But you see the word for the thief here? It is a name transferred to false teachers who do not care to instruct men, but abuse their confidence for their own gain. They're looking out for themselves. Wanting to be served instead of serving. Have you guys ever experienced that in the church? Can you raise your hands? We're not alone. Some of you didn't. But maybe you did. We're not alone, and sometimes I say this to others that have been hurt through the church, is just to say, hey, that is the church, that is the people. But I want you to know the true Good Shepherd, He is the one we look to. So no matter how bad people mess up the church, Christ is still on the throne. And see, I will say this to you today, if you are here because of the great worship, or you are here because of the great preaching, thank you, I need your encouragement as a person, I thrive off that, but that's not why you should be here. You should be here because you want a fellowship with other believers, and you want Christ to be Lord of your life. And just because you're here this morning doesn't always mean the Lord is the Lord of your life. But we're here to help and encourage one another. As we were talking yesterday, as we did a funeral yesterday, and I don't see him, there's a young guy amongst us, Skyler. He lost his mom and she was 44. And it was a tragic thing just down the road. And as we were at the funeral... We began to hear all these things about how being baptized as a baby saves you in the future, and yet you see death and destruction before you, and your insides are crawling and saying, wait, 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 something doesn't feel right here. And we talked last night with a couple people and we're like, what does this mean? What, how do we take it? Is it false? Is it a false hope? And the truth is, is that we need to put our lives under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We need to surrender everything to Him and Him alone. That was a free sermon. The hired hand. Let's look at verses 12 and 13. 
the hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and he doesn't care for the sheep. You see, they are doing it so we could say so-called for money. A mere job instead of a calling. This is dangerous because when they see trouble, they split. See, if you want to be in ministry and you're only willing to do so much because you're not compensated or recognized, you are a danger to the body you are in. Make sure you are called by Jesus and that you are in love with Him. I was asked a great question not too long ago. Are you a pastor that desires to be served? Or do you serve? And you know, when I look at the church today in the state we are in, and the part of the church that, that I have seen is that the pastor comes in and he wants to be served. And I won't discourage you from serving me. But what did Jesus do? He came to serve. And to give His life a ransom for many. And I want to encourage us this morning, if you have been a part of a church that has had a thief or a robber in any type of ministry, not just the pastor and a hired hand, I just want to say I'm sorry. But any time we put our hope in man, we will be disappointed. And as I was reading these Scriptures, I'm thinking, Lord, You've called me to the pastor. You've called me to serve. And Lord, I see my own inadequacies. But then He quickly reminded me. He said, look to me. I am the perfect example for you. And I think in our time and age today, we are reaping what we are sowing. And what's scary to me is are we in a place of judgment to where God is putting people in place to help the itching ears and the fuzzy feelings and to grow the church to make it bigger and bigger out of fame and getting your name out there. And you see, again, I say this, if you are called into ministry... Anything you do, please do it unto Christ Jesus. If you need attention, please come to my office and I'll pat you on the back. And I'll give you a great big hug and say thank you for serving. But we are slaves unto Christ. And Jesus warns us in Matthew 7, verse 15 through 20. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. 
A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every time, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire, so you will recognize them by their fruit. Everyone here knows what a wake is, right? It's when a wave runner or a boat is on the, is on the water and you've got a wake behind it. And when we're judging one another, we should be judging each other by our fruits. And what are we leaving behind? You see what happens when a boat goes through the water. It leaves quite a bit of wake. And we need to ask ourselves, not only of the people that are in positions as pastors, but ourselves, what kind of wake are we leaving behind us? Is it good or bad? Is it life or death? Is it giving or taking? Because that is our true fruit and that is the judgment that we will cast upon ourselves is how we are treating others and what we are doing in the kingdom of God. And I will say this, anyone can say that Christ is not the shepherd of a certain church when you don't agree with that church or like it. But what, what is the wake that they are leaving behind? Is it good or bad? What kind of fruit? And oftentimes I hear people really quick to condemn others and condemn other churches. And then I begin to scratch my head and I'm looking at their lives, the ones that love to condemn, the ones that love to criticize. I begin to look at their lives and I'm testing what they're saying by the fruit that they have left behind. And then it enables me, and I want to equip you, is look at their lives and the wake they leave behind. And if they're leaving a bad wake behind them or bad fruit, just disregard what they say. But if they're people of integrity and you know that they've borne good fruit, listen to what they have to say. Because they're probably giving you good counsel and wise counsel. So Jesus warns us against wolves, and you see, wolves have not gone away from the church today. Just because Christ is Lord of all, and He's never left His throne, He will never leave His throne, we see throughout all the epistles that Paul is always having to deal with those who want to come into the body and destroy the body. And we have to be on guard. And we have to be watching and looking and not being fearful because there is no fear. But just let your antennas be up. Let them be up and say, what is this person saying or what are they doing and what kind of fruit are they bearing? But again, we're not to look at men. We're to look at Christ Jesus himself. And so we'll go to point number two is the good shepherd. And it says this about him. Verse 7. Jesus said again, Truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. We'll skip to verse 9. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. And then he gives in verse 10 the opposite of the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that you may have life 
and have it abundantly or in abundance to its full. And I want to ask you, have you been in the presence of others that have not made you feel so good? That after being with them, you're just like, yuck. Now granted, there are some that just have bad days and you get around them on their bad day, it is yuck. But get around them on their good days and it's pretty good. And so don't, we don't just judge people off of first appearances. But you see, Christ came that we might have life. And you see, we're to be serving one another. We're to be giving life and not takers. And Christ is the one that is give ultimate life. In verse 14 and 15 and 16 goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not from the sheep pen. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock and one shepherd. And then we go back to Jeremiah 23, verses 3 and 4. And here's the promise after the bad shepherds. I will gather the remnant of my flock from all the lands where I have banished them. And I will return to them. I will return them to their grazing land. They will become fruitful and numerous. I will raise up shepherds over them who will tend them. They will no longer be afraid or discouraged, nor will any be missing. This is the Lord's declaration. And so when Christ comes and He declares that I am the good shepherd, we can trust Him. And then He gives the promise that my sheep will know my voice and a stranger's voice they will flee from, but those who I've called will come in and go out and find pasture. What does that look like for us? To find pasture. What does it look like for us to come in and out through the Lordship of Jesus Christ? And it says it very clearly in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I will lack nothing. He makes me lie down in the green pastures. And then He will lead me beside waters of rest or quiet waters. And He will renew my life. And then He will lead me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Oh yeah, after He leads you in the path of righteousness, watch out, because there's a deep, dark valley. There's right after it. Now, I just, I find that ironic. But then what does it say? His rod and His staff, they comfort me. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And you see, there's something about knowing Jesus Christ, and when we look on Him, we can come and go, almost as we plead. 
but never outside of his lordship. Never outside of the joy and the abundance that come, comes through him. So my question for you this morning is, are you walking in joy? Are you walking in the abundance of life? And if not, I'd ask, why not? If you truly call Jesus Lord. Is something keeping you from walking in the fullness and the abundance of life? You see, Jesus is not like the hired hand. He fights for us. When he sees the wolf coming, he doesn't run. And I have seen this, at least from a distance, how a hired hand, somebody that is in this for career and money alone, is when they see the trouble coming, they go. And their attitude is that the sheep can take care of themselves. But really what happens is when you get a hired hand or a thief and a robber, and they leave, they leave destruction behind them. And then it allows the wolves to come in and destroy the body. And then the body has to recover year after year. They struggle. And they try to recover, but damage has been done to the body. Damage has been done here in the past. I'll just be really honest with you. But you know what this morning? is you that have been damaged, you can find healing. You that have been scarred by another is take your eyes off of them, forgive them, the, forgive them. God will deal with them rightly. But turn to Jesus. You see, my dad was a pastor, and a lot of you have heard my testimony. My dad was a good pastor until he walked away. And from 14 to 20, right before I was 21, when I came to Christ, I hated the church and I hated God. Because if God was so good, how could he cause this to happen to me? But then Christ showed up. I'm here today because he showed up in my life. I'm here today because I realized that God is big and that he was with me every step of the way. And so now, and I've talked bad about the church a few times, and please indulge with me just for a moment. I don't want to keep you too long, but I remember being eight years in Turkey and looking on the Western church and thinking, man, this church is messed up. I began to talk bad about the church, like, man, look how terrible it is. And then God pointed me right to the Scripture in Acts when He confronted Paul or Saul and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And when I saw that scripture, I began to think, it's like, Lord, when I talk about your body, when I down your body, and when I am criticizing others, I am criticizing you. Forgive me. Although I know there are some bodies that really need help. So I'm not downplaying bad bodies. And I'm not giving them an excuse. But Jesus is the good shepherd. He came that we may have life and have it abundantly, and he lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is going nowhere. And he cares about his sheep.
So you want to know God through the Son is that He wants to lead you in every aspect of your life. And let's go to the last point. He has the right. Verse 17 and 18. This is why the Father loves me. Because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. And Jesus is making a statement to those around Him at this very point. is saying, look, I am not like these other guys. I am not like them at all. I'm going nowhere. If anything, I'm laying my life down for you. Satan, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and I know that's not in the context of the Scripture, I'm here to protect you. And we all know that bad things happen to good people, and that really stinks, and we don't understand why. But Jesus has not left you. He's not forsaken you. And He laid down His life for you. And so my question for you this morning, why aren't you willing to lay down your all for Him? We don't do this out of obligation to earn our salvation. We do this out of obligation because we have been bought with such a price and such a love that it compels me to get out of bed and, and roll over and try to get up and say, Jesus, You are my Lord today. I am crucified with You, Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And I have to constantly remind myself that Jesus has the right to be Lord. So you want to know if you're saved this morning? And I will admit to you this morning that I take a hardcore approach to salvation. I think it's free, and we learn that from Scripture, but discipleship costs you everything. And you do nothing to earn your salvation, but is He Lord of your life? Has something caused you to not allow Him to be Lord? Are you doing your own thing, or have you really surrendered and actually have experienced abundant life through Christ? I will tell you that even through my hardest of times, there's some joy that wells up with me at all times. And although my outside may not show it, my insides are bubbling. Except when I'm driving and somebody cuts me off. That's it. That's the only time. But then I have to repent. So as the worship team comes this morning, I do want to call you to a place
I want to call you to a place of trusting in Jesus as the Good Shepherd. To a place where you say, you know what? I've had some bad experiences in the church, but you know what? I'm still going to choose to trust Jesus. And you see, when I've heard our history here, and then I'm going to step out on the limb, is that I know it always has not been perfect. And there's been some in here that have been involved in that, and then you have looked to others And you're like, how could that be if that person is a servant of Christ? How could they act like this? How could they abandon us and walk away without saying goodbye? And I want you to know that I am not talking about anyone particular. If you go there in your mind, I'm sorry. But it's sad. We have shepherds in the church today that will walk away and say, you know what? I've had enough. What happened to men that would stand up and stand in the gap and fight for the body of Christ? What's happened? So I want to call out to you this morning and I want you to do your best to take your hurts, to take your pains, take your mistrust and lay it at the cross. Lay it at the cross because that's where you're going to find true healing. And then I want to ask you and call you to a place of maybe you need to make Jesus Lord of your life. Maybe you need to surrender and forsake something that has caused you to be bound for so long and you feel like you can't get any freedom from. I want you to know that there is power in the cross. And when you surrender all, there's something unique and powerful that happens within the believer. It's a mystery. The Holy Spirit comes and gives you the grace stand and to walk out this life called Christianity and follower, being a follower of Jesus Christ. So as we worship together this morning, those are two calls to you. You can either come forward. We'll have two other elders and our wives with us. And we ask you if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. But if you just want to stand and worship or sit and worship, do it and respond however you want to respond. But I want to encourage you this morning that God is good. And that through His Son, we see that He wants to always lead us. He wants to always guide us in all that we do. Let's worship together.